going to celebrate um, again with Renee's baptism. So in a few minutes' time, she's going to share her story, and then she'll be baptized. When we originally planned this, because we knew it would come with the gift day, but we thought, what an amazing thing to have on our gift day of someone giving testimony uh, to their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to share a few words with you beforehand, and uh, I'm going to do a reading first from from the Bible. And uh, it's a short reading from... Mark's Gospel. And if you've not brought a Bible with you, uh, or if it's not on your phone or your device, it will be on the screen as well. In the beginning... No. I've s- Mark. <laughs> it's not John 1, is it? This is so slick. <laughs> we did rehearse this. Mark 1, verse 1. Okay? The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, or Christ, the Son of God. That's the reading this morning. There you go. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the Bible, and thank you that it can speak to our lives today. We pray that you would bless this time as we just share together, and bless Renee as she comes a little bit later to share her story and be baptized. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you are surprised by the shortness of the reading. Sometimes we do a whole chapter. Sometimes it's just one verse. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, or Christ. Messiah and Christ mean the same. Or the Savior, the Anointed One. I want you to imagine that you're sitting in Starbucks for a moment, okay? Close your eyes. You're sitting in, or any cafe that is of your choice. We don't, uh, there's no favoritism here. Um, and you're with a couple of friends, and suddenly the door bursts open, and in rushes a complete stranger with an excited look on their face, and they shout, good news! You'll never guess! The greatest news! Are you interested? Are you curious? Are you not bothered at all? You're just looking at your latte and thinking, what is that person on about? Everybody likes to hear good news, don't we? And maybe you're thinking in your mind, you're running through the scenarios of what that good news might be. The England's women football team may win the World Cup. England may win the Cricket World Cup, but that's looking doubtful at the moment. Maybe they've just heard good news about a family member. Maybe it's about work. Maybe it's about sickness or whatever. We don't know. Maybe those scenarios are going through your mind. What could it be? Well, I want you to imagine as Mark dictates his gospel, and we believe that Peter was dictating it. He is just beginning with that kind of, as if he's burst into the good news. About Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. And sometimes I think the church loses touch with the very basic message of the Christian faith. Mark doesn't begin with the Christmas story, he doesn't have a preamble, he doesn't have, he just goes straight in to the good news about Jesus. Good news. The actual original meaning of the Old English word gospel 
If you hear the word gospel today, I don't know what goes through your mind. Ask someone what the word gospel means and they might think it's a choir. Because we're, we're familiar with gospel choirs. We have our own gospel choir, solid ground. Other people might think gospel means, well, it means reliable. Have you ever heard someone say, that's the gospel truth? Whether they know what they're saying or not, they're saying what they mean by it is that it is true. It is trustworthy, the gospel. And all those things are great. But that's not what actually gospel means. Gospel means good news. Good news. Good news for everybody. The early followers of Jesus thought that news was so good that it was worth announcing as widely as possible. They just told everyone. And it wasn't as if they went around saying, I've got some good advice for you. Or you might want to consider this. Or there's some teaching that you might want to hear. They were saying, good news about Jesus. It's not news that you can just put alongside other news. It's standalone news. And if you hear it, you might receive it. And you might trust it. And you might believe it. And your life will never be the same again. We want everyone to hear it. We're not in charge of how it's heard and how it's received. But we know this, and I know this, that those who hear it, receive it, believe it, trust it, are never the same again. This is good news. So what's the good news? The good news centers around Jesus, as Mark explains as he begins his gospel. We are so loved. I began the service with that verse from John's gospel. We are so loved, for God so loved the world, all of us, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The good news is that God, the true living God, no no cheap imitations that are out there, but the true living God has stepped in to his own history The one who made it all from the very beginning has stepped onto planet Earth to restore it, to heal it, to redeem it. And he has begun a work of new creation. He has disarmed the power of sin and all of us sin. All of us fall short of the glory of God. It just means we're not perfect. And he has disarmed its power. Because we can be forgiven all our sin. He has broken the power of death. Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive forevermore. And he has promised everyone who trusts in him will live, even though they die. This is good news. And he has made the way. Not only has he made the way, he is the way. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to perform. We don't have to become religious. We don't have to do things to gain God's pleasure. We just have to receive the gift, the good news. And one day soon, 
the new creation will be complete. If you've accepted Jesus, you're part of that new creation. But the wonder of it is he's going to join heaven and earth together and he's going to make it all new. And there'll be no more death, sickness, pain, all the things that make this world not what it should be. That's his promise. What's the good news? We're all invited. Every single one of us are invited. Through his death and resurrection, sin and death is disarmed and defeated. And he's going to come again in all his glory. That's why we pray your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because heaven and earth will be joined together. Perfect. New creation. We're invited. We're included. How can you walk away from a gift like that? But he says, that's your choice. But the gospel writers make it clear, this is just good news. It's good news. We don't have to be apologetic about it. It's just good news for everybody. And today, Renee is going to testify that she knows the truth of that good news as well. And she's going to tell her story in a few minutes' time. Why do we do this? If you're unfamiliar with uh, the way we baptize people here, I met somebody this week and I said we're having a baptism and and they imagined that we were going to sprinkle Renee with a few drops of water. And I I had to explain that we do things slightly differently, uh, that she's going to get wet all over and that she's going to be plunged into a pool. And then, wow! So why don't you come along? I'm not sure. I'm not a churchgoer. Oh, okay. I missed out because normally they say I'm not religious and I go, neither am I. And I said, when he said I'm not a church guy, I thought, oh, gosh. <laughs> Imagine if I'd said, well, neither am I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are the church. Oh I, oh, I missed one there. I don't go to church. I am the church. We're the church. Oh, does that ever happen to you? So annoying, isn't it? Two days later, you think about what you should have said to somebody. That's going to bug me now. (laughs) Why do we do this? We do this because Jesus asks us to. If we believe in Jesus, he says, would you be baptized? In fact, he commands it. He says, you know, to his disciples, go and make other disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's a step of obedience. And Jesus himself was baptized. So we can't say, well, he wasn't baptized. He was. He didn't need to be, but he was. But it's also so symbolic of what it means to us to receive Christ into our lives. As Renee goes into the water, she'll be washed clean. She's already been forgiven, but it's a symbol of that. All her sin. Past, present, future. If she stays in that relationship with Jesus, it's all paid for. By Jesus. Isn't that amazing? It's good news. And she's recognizing that her old life, although she's not that old, is dead. And she's risen to a new life with Jesus. And it also symbolizes being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because as she comes out of the water, we're going to pray for her that she be filled again with the Holy Spirit. And she joins the body of the church. She's already part of it by faith. But this is a recognition 
that she's standing up to do this. So we're going to pray for Renee, and I think some of the older young ones are coming back in because they want to hear you speak. So uh, let's just pray together. Father God, thank you for this day. We believe it is a day that you have made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. And we thank you for Renee, and we thank you that she has come to this point in her life where she wants to publicly testify to her faith in you. And she wants to be baptized for you. And so we pray for her, Lord, that as she does this, you give her the strength that she needs to share her story in front of all of us. And that you would bless her immensely as she goes through the waters of baptism. And Lord, that this would be the beginning of this incredible life to live with you in the days to come. So pour out your spirit upon her in Jesus' name. Amen.